And this is just very add together to major on righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit rather than food and drink. That's about regulations in Romans 14, 17 or church projects or building and grounds. Normally what church is doing, fundraisings. And it is until it's more than institutional maintenance, self-serving programs and voting back to be quoted by candidates for public office. It has no right to offer itself as Christ representative in the world that Lendling or a faithful husband has the right to present himself as the spokesman model for marital fidelity. You see that right now. I thought that was all being done in the Philippines. All visions are quoting all these churches, all these sects, denominations, just for the vote. But that probably is not only the Philippines. So long as a church is a place of service or events on certain days at certain times, it will continue to have minimal to decreasing influence for changing the world. It will continue to create unhealthy dependence by the many and the few. These are clergy, leaders, officers of the church, etc. And preserve our focus on external as measurement of Christian life and maturity. The church body has become not only an embarrassment to its Lord Jesus Christ as its head, but also a significant obstacle to redemption for those who need and otherwise would be attracted to our Lord. On the contrary, we would read ourselves under the devastating effects of institutionalized religiosity, a term by Beatrix von Hofer. What has passed from Christianity over the past 1700 years and entered the experience of God's life giving presence in Christ, everything would change. A term by the way, Bonhoeffer, they made, they made a movie out of him. He was a German pastor, martyr, prophet, and spy, and was uh, one of those who did uh, try to kill Hitler before the end of the war. But he was caught and was martyred and was killed for that. But he was a professor in the Indian Theological Seminary in New York in 1930. And he, he left New York just to go to Germany because he opposes the Nazism of Hitler. As the authentic budget price in the world, such as church would turn the world upside down again, the medium would become the message of rescue and renewal. That would be us, the medium. Church would not be something to do, but would be experienced as the first Christ followers are everywhere, with everybody, all the time. Worship would no longer be a place to go, but would be offering of our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our outreach would not be a program, but would be touching people with acceptance, love, nurture that honors and indicates Jesus himself. In a crowded room in Jerusalem, a young Arab woman told about her journey to Christ. She told some of some Christians she had known and being introduced to the Gospel. Then she told what happened to her when her biological family learned that she had befriended some Christians. 
and was learning the Jesus story with sympathy and appreciation. Her father and brother beat her to within the means of her life. They warned her that she would get the same thing again if she had further contact with these people, contact with these people. And they told her they would kill her if she would choose ever to be baptized. Her Islamic family knew more about the meaning of baptism than some Christian gasped. They understood that baptism in the name of Jesus would be for her to swap her Muslim past for a Christian future. They told her in uncertain terms that if she embraced Christ, she would destroy forever her place in their family. They told her that her getting involved with Christianity had set her against her family and would result in more punishment, even punishment intended to kill her, if it did not come to an end immediately. In the Muslim countries, anyone who has been suspected of sympathizing with Christians or getting involved with Christianity would be reported to the authorities and the consequences would be death to those person or family. Just like last year a Pakistani minister was trying to lessen the death penalty of Christian sympathizers in their laws but end up being killed shot by his own long-time driver. Maybe you have read about, the, read about that in the news. So there is a cease Let's go back to the Arab world. So there they she stood in the church Sunday where both Jews and Arab believers were listening to her words. Through her prayers she told the hundred of two so people that they would henceforth have to be her family. In her confession with words and in baptism, she was confirming the words of Jesus again. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to earth. No, I came to bring sword. I have come to set man against father and daughter, against her mother and daughter, in-laws against mother-in-laws. Your enemies will be right in your own household. That would be Matthew 10, 24, 36. When we have born, we have been born in the family, in the family of God, we are committed to the first man of the Christian faith. That would be love God with our thoughts and being. We not only have God as our father, however we are we now have each other as extended family. And the same divine call and inclusion that made us children to God, make us brothers and sisters to one another, and challenge us to learn the second commandments of the Christian faith. To love each other as we love ourselves. We do not simply rub shoulders with one another occasionally, but must learn to treat each other as their relatives in the family of God. Paul Tornier, author of the psychological study on guilt and grapes, once claimed there are two things one cannot do alone be married and to be a Christian. He is right. The essence of being a Christian is not extended set of correct doctrinal beliefs or even well informed personal character. To be a Christian is to be connected to Christ in such a unique and special way that our relationship with each other are defined by that union. The perfect triune fellowship of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit from eternity past, has been opened to us by the blood of Jesus at Calvary. But we can experience that fellowship in isolation from others who have been called into it. 
is to develop Jewish function or more as a restaurant than a family to its members. In the middle of the families of having personal friends come into a restaurant, they find either private isolated food or corner or people large enough for their little group. They sit and talk with one another. Are they aware that anybody else is present unless, of course, somebody blocks their vision and somebody gets their customers to block their line of sight? They order, they eat, and exit. They'll be back when they get hungry again. Otherwise, they can open actually the people who they get, who share the room with them for an hour or so. A new menu in the church down the street or operation of Tenul One, the old place may well create a new loyalty overnight. That is the language of franchise restaurant rather than family, and of an institutional rather than a relational church. When, when, church, when the church leaves relationally and functions as a family, however, a gathering is more a family reunion than a restaurant visit. The family can respect its members so that introverts are not asked to be extroverts. But everybody senses a warm welcome and blessing. Having others around is not a nuisance, but a joy and a sense for families. This interaction shapes us. We sing, read, stand, fall, laugh, and cry, dance, sometimes, and yes, certainly, we eat and drink together in Koinonia, but we do all these things as a new network of friends. We are gathering of family members. We are a church whose identity is not contained in itself, but found in God who has formed it. Are we the kind of church? In church of Acts 2, we were talking about this in SGM, that had occasional big gatherings for worship instructions. Those events would inspire with the accounts of what God was doing in their midst. They were in all God's presence moving among them. If you look at Acts 2, verses 42 to 43, all those people didn't know each other's name. That's why St. Church had the house-to-house gatherings for the cultivation of friendship, encouragement and faith, and accountability. These things combined to nurture the ever-definite relationship with Christ's Lord. Our SGM is doing that. We cannot be friend or be, we cannot brush each other's elbow or express that if we are not part of the home or STL group. The Lord Jesus Christ paid out the image in turn relationship of Jerusalem church not only in education and worship but in spiritual formation. That's what we're trying to do in STL, spiritual formation. They care not for one another that they would sell possession and full proceeds to help one another. That's in verse 44-45, They were treating one another as occasional restaurant guests who began to recognize other faces in public but as true family members. They seemed to have no concern whatever in inspiring for church offices 
or getting in the limelight, they care about one another and show their concern in very practical ways. Their commitment to Jesus and to one another create an opportunity for that original church to tell the gospel message to others. And the church grew naturally and organically. Not by campaigns, crusades, and marketing strategies. Do we realize how relational this sounds? The original church. How personal, how communal, how familiar. You will never feel that kind of commitment, that kind of relationship if you are not part of that. A visitor entering a Catholic church community senses that these people are his friends. They are extended family to one another. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. The stories that emerge from contact with those people are ones of shared joy and sorrows. Extended family helping family call to Christ of all sorts. Many of those stories in fact are facing the tons of backgrounds in which churches had functioned more as school dealing professional doctrinal stands or companies measuring productivity. Is that kind of church that we have back home? Others felt some giving up discouragement because they could even talk without fear to their leaders. They saw on the screen some of the harassment and judgment being made against others, but realized their own doubts of disagreement, first people failures have been given for fear of being booted out of the God themselves. Those were Christian churches. Those were counterfeit, using just the name. They were not communities of disciples, they were a collection of spiritual neurotics. I hope our churches are not that those back home. The notion that the local church be a relational community of sinners is process of the recovering the human state of God originally intended them to bear to spare some people. An institutionalized church that judges and pretends and condemns seems much weaker than a relational one that exists for spiritual transformation over time. The institutionalized church tells who is in and who is out. It assigns formulas and tenets of orthodoxy. It offers demands a degree of self-righteousness even to participate. Thus it requires isolation and secrets. And it turns the notion of the church's family of God into a grossly dysfunctional family where nobody can feel safe and to tell the truth. There was this man that had been caught pulling up pornography on his home computer. Of course, the wife hit the roof when he saw his husband. Her husband was still viewing some pornography on his computer. So she went to a couple of elders in Mueller and asked them how time refers to their health. This was the notion of helping him. They went to the other the elders in the church and told them that Pedro, well, this is not a still name, had done. They called Pedro for a meeting. They told him he no longer teaches on this school class, would no longer be allowed to read prayer at the worship service, and needed to make a public confession of his sin to the whole congregation. He did so the very next Sunday and said something about not setting a good example and wanting forgiveness and prayer. 
anyone has a present. Sounds like it would end with the situation, right? They just mention the truth and then yes, ask for forgiveness for being for not setting a good example. Actually, it was a parable mishandling. The parable mishandling was but being seen as a redemptive opportunity. It was an exercise in the institutional processing of what might have been a relational triumph for a man and his family, if the Spirit of God has been giving it. The real problem with Pedro is wasn't internet pornography. Oh, it's a problem of right. But the symptoms of something far deeper or sinister. Pedro had been involved in an affair with a woman in his workplace for the past seven months or so. He has been a tall in his guilt over what he has done that he started drinking some for the first time since conversion. When his wife got him during the three hours that morning, he had been able to sleep and sleep out of the bed, fire up his computer, bubble of bits, and start secretly and fire up look at the pornography. That's when he started was pub- and was publicly humiliated. The larger church bodies backing his wife and angered him. The only compassion he was getting was from the woman with whom he needs to end a guilt-laden affair. Could there be a better ending to this scenario? What if things have been handled differently? What if all the actions of peace were exactly the same until the time of the white men who trusted elders? What if they had come to pay the private to confront what if he had been offered confidential help in dealing with whatever was going on? What if he had been... Well, can you imagine Pedro telling one of those elders who knew him personally what he poured out almost telling one of those really going on his out of control life? Begging for somebody to help him figure out what to do. Out of the downright of public accumulation, he and his wife might have found a way to salvage their marriage. With more concern for Pedro and his family than for the if anybody found out image of the church, those leaders could have been, become confessors and mentors. They could have dealt with him like they would have killed the brother of John with the family, with family members, their family. Had a sin or committed a sin so grossly. Would you draw him out of the family? I don't think so. Church is more than a family. Mm-hmm. Am I agreeing with Church's action? Am I defending his action? Well, not for a minute. Do I know things would have turned better if those others treated him differently? No, but not that my own father and mother would, if I did terrible things, they would have treated me like family, because that's what we are, family. Try nothing for family. My daughter wanted a cell phone for a birthday present, and so her mom bought her an so expensive cell phone, but with all functions she required. They started to get expensive because of loads. 
that she was caught stealing from one's first violence. The new cell phone was taken from her and was given to her sister. When my wife told me about the incident and the punishment she gave to my daughter, I had to talk to my daughter. The incident, the incident was handled with care that my daughter took it personally. When I asked how she felt about this punishment, she admitted her wrongdoing and though she missed her new cell phone, she was remorseful for what she did. She was content to use the PC to chat anyway. She is family that even she committed a sin that would change the fact that she is part of a caring family and restore her back. I don't think that no amount of sin would take her away from being our daughter, just as a relational church should do to a family member of God. Since we too were forgiven by God for our iniquities and become his children. Have you seen alcoholic anonymous um, in, in, in TV? Have you seen how they pour and then anybody could just come? No attendance, it's just about the regular sitting there and all the people just pull up the chairs and started talking about their, their trials, their circumstances, their problems. Alcoholic anonymous could teach churches something about intervention with drugs we could use with great value in dealing with our own drugs. Not real drugs, plundering spouses and other sinners. As a matter of fact, AA intervention strategy was taken right there from the Bible. Matthew 18 presumes that the real church of Christ is functioning as a relational rather than institutional kind of church. And we had characters. The world of Malarcy is fragmented and disconnected. It tends to emphasize differences in enjoy rating situations or exclusions. Relationships are often cold and formal. People are increasingly competent and violent anger seems to be displayed of the day. Marriage pledges are not sacred anymore. Children and parents leave as strangers to each other. With generations hiding things from other symptoms of personal confusion ranging from chemical dependency, criminal behavior, suicide, and conduct The story is a described phenomenon in American culture that Robert Bella calls this ontological individualism. By this term, he names the belief that each individual is in their own source of meaning half century ago. This spirit or this movement becomes what we call as the Jesus movement. It disregards the role of the church in authentic, original, or spiritual life. It produces spiritual individuals without social attachment or corporate life. The pseudo theological or fake theology that emerges from movement offered one God as a home correspondence course in salvation. Can you imagine a home course in salvation, correspondence course in salvation, without the other people running? Mm-hmm. Well, the movement ran around quickly. It only, it only runs down, it only runs out of the New Testament teaching 
ਪਰ ਕੁਝ ਦੇ ਕੰਗਮੈਂਟ ਨਹੀਂ ਉਹਨੂੰ ਵੀ ਕੁਝ ਵਰਤਨੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਉਹਨੂੰ ਸਲਵੇਸ਼ਨ ਇਸ ਦਾ ਪਰਸਨਲ ਇੰਡੀਵਿਜੂਅਲ ਕੰਸੈਂਸ ਆਫ ਕਾਸ ਲਵਿੰਗ ਕੋਮ ਟੂ ਐਂਡ ਸਟੈਟਸ ਆਫ ਇਸ ਪਰਸਨ ਬਾਈ ਮੀ ਇਟ ਇਸ ਮੋਰ ਸਰਟਨ ਬੀਨ ਅਟ ਅ ਪ੍ਰਾਈਵੇਟ ਫੇਰ ਕੋਲਗਾਟ ਸਟੇਟ ਇੰਡੀਵਿਜੂਅਲ ਰਾਦਰ ਥੈਨ ਗਰੂਪਸ ਐਵਰ ਸਟੇਟ ਇੰਡੀਵਿਜੂਅਲ ਸਬਮਿਟਡਲੀ ਇਨਕੋਰਪੋਰੇਟਡ ਟੂ ਫੈਮਿਲੀ ਦੀ ਬਾਜੀ ਪ੍ਰਾਈਸ ਇਨ ਬਾਜੀ ਪੋਰਟ ਫਰਮ ਅਬਾਵ ਇਸ ਟਾਈਮ ਥਿੰਗਸ ਗੋਰ ਬੋਰ ਇਨ ਫੈਮਿਲੀ ਕਾਰ John Stott expressed this way in his book The Cross of Christ. The very purpose of his self-giving on the cross was not just to save isolated individuals and so in effect be responsible for their affliction, but to create a new community whose members would belong to him, love one another, and eagerly serve the world. God has existed from eternity past in perfect communion of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Christian God is not Aristotle, singular individual thing, thoughts of himself, but the personal God in ideal fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But for fellowship with one another as well, people need to belong, to keep to be accepted. Everyone needs to sense that he or she is a citizen member of a larger community. Of all the people who trust the Father of God should be able to give this message to one another. Accepted by God, we accept each other. We love one another. We hold one another accountable. We encourage one another. No caste, no favoritism, no discrimination. If we hold on to this, the medium becomes the message. We become the message. We are community of the children of God. We carry spiritual DNA. He created us in His own image. We bear His name. We have a great inheritance. Awareness of these things makes a difference in how we see ourselves and function in this world. A story was told by a Christian minister, Grado, who was on vacation with his wife in Great Smoky Mountain. I don't know if you visited that uh, park, anybody that visited that park? Great Smoky Mountain National Park, the border of Tennessee, North Carolina, border in Southeast USA. I've seen that over some of the buildings in Smoky Mountain Hunt. They had gone back to Blackburn Inn for dinner. This couple went to dinner, Blackburn Inn. They spotted an older man working the room and going from table to table. In his unique style, private, he used to hoping that the fellow would leave him alone. Sure enough, the man wound up in the couple's table. And found out that Cradle was a Christian minister and pulled up a chair to join them. And he said, I owe a great deal to a minister of the Christian church. And then began his story. I grew up in this mountain, he said. My mother was not married and the whole community knew it. I was what, what we called an illegitimate, illegitimate child. And in those days, that name, that was a shame and I was ashamed. 
the reproach that fell on my mother was fell also on me. When I went to a town, when I went to town with her, I could see people staring at me, making guesses as to who was my father. At school, the children said ugly things to me, and so I stayed to myself during recess and ate my lunch alone. In my early teens, I began to attend little church back in the mountain school, Laurel Spain Christian Church. It had a minister who had both attracted and prided him. He had a chiseled face and a heavy burden and deep voice. I went to Kirin Bridge. I don't know exactly why, but it did something for me. So I would go just in time to the sermon, and when it was over, I would move out because I was afraid that someone would say, What's a boy like you doing in the church? One Sunday, some people peeled out in the aisles before I could get out. He continued, and I felt a hand on my shoulder. A heavy hand lies on my shoulder. It was the ministry. I cut my eyes around and caught a glimpse of his bird in his chin, and I knew who it was. I trembled in fear. He turned his face around so he could see mine and seemed to be staring for a little while. I knew what he was doing. He was going to make a guess as to who my father was. A moment later he said, Well boy, you're a child of... And hang on that. And the push was then. And I knew it was coming. I knew I would have my feelings hurt. And I knew that I would never go back again. He said, Boy, you're a child of God. I see a striking resemblance, boy. Then he swatted me on the bottom and said, Now go, play your inheritance. I left the sanctuary a different person in fact that was really the beginning of my life. The picture of vacation and smokies really not wanted to be bothered by this old man. Now he was fascinated by what we had just been shared with. He was deeply moved and asked, What's your name, sir? Only did he learn that he was talking with the former Republican governor of Tennessee from 1911 to 1915, Ben Walker Hooper. The Tennessee Review says of him that Hooper's third saw child labor laws and compulsory school pass. Something the man who had suffered us so, so as left out into our kid who to protect some children from suffering when he could. Perhaps some of us saw ourselves as children of God rather than members of the church. We could claim in our inheritance. If we understood just as persons in relationship rather than names on the road, we could function differently at the real church that Jesus once formed. If we saw things at the breaking of relationships rather than breaking of rules, we could both live better and deal with one another more gracefully. If we really love God the Father, we will create our churches with our communities of love, accountability and nurture where greater, greater, greater spiritual transformation can occur over time. We would lead gently with one another, listen to one another's story, 
speaks and learns from one another, just think of the one another passages in the New Testament that describes the ongoing activities of the church as the family of God, one another. In John 13, 34 to 35, in Romans 13, 8 to 10, a new command I give you, love one another as I love, love you. So you must love one another. By this old man will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another, says the Lord. Romans 15, verse 7, accept one another, just Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Romans 15, 14, I myself convince my brothers that you are yourselves, full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct, give advice, and counsel to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Galatians 2, Galatians 6, verse 2, carry one another's burden, in this way you will fulfill the love of Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 42, or 32 rather, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgive you. James 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Hebrews 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse Peter 4, verse 8. And of all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Does anyone doubt that the church will have far greater credibility with our not yet Christian neighbors if we model this sort of behavior consistently? Do we question that this positive relational activities come from more than our abilities to sing, preach, or prove ourselves correct to the brethren? Or not yet Christians, do we deny that we have our own worst enemies? Over the years of neglecting this relational demands perfect. Sometimes frankly pictures of the happy, unintended result of simply being together occasionally. Christian fellowship has to be nurtured intentionally. Persisting ontological individualism, we must allow the spirit to put on display in the community, community qualities of the people of God. The huge Sikoa tree, Sikoia of California, is always being used in the special construction It towers as much as 300 feet above the ground. Strangely, though, they have been, they have usually shallow root system that extends in all directions to capture the maximum amount of surface moisture. For this reason, you seldom see one standing alone. High winds double them easily, so they grow in cluster. Their intertwined roots provide support against storm. Surely, there is an insight here for God, for the way God intends for the church to function as a pattern. Intertwining is hard. While one is strong enough to stand life storm alone, our one another connectedness provides support. The family of God is supporting us community towards people. 
In this episode, the Colossians, Paul expresses concern that believers were in danger of being taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the basic principle of this world rather than on Christ. Colossians 2 8. Specifically, he warned them against letting anyone bind religious tests about things that they could eat or drink, holidays they could do or could not observe. In Colossians 2.16, and other human commands and teaching, Colossians 2.23, the very sort of things institutional religion makers are doing. To the contrary, he urged them to fix their hearts on Jesus alone. Colossians 3, 1-4, indeed some behaviors are to be avoided for the same reason that they instruct healthy relationship. Lust and sexual immorality produces greed, idolatry, it generates anger and harsh judgment, racism and religiousism. Finally, he makes this positive case for the kind of life Christians should lead as a family of God. Because of this appropriateness, description of family life for Christians, this text is often used to charge a couple of their weddings. Have you seen the wedding crossers? It's recently played on the movie, on TV. Well, these two, these two families usually go to crosses or crosses weddings and have left to this mouth. They've been doing that for some time and they already memorize all the proceedings of the ceremony and the sanctions. And these two guys, based on each other, what would be the reference of this particular wedding ceremony by the minister? One says, I bet you the message would be based on 1 Corinthians 13. Sure enough, it was 1 Corinthians 13. Even the world knows the biblical text as it's always used in all the meanings of love between man and woman. You read? It's always, well, this is always a basis on, on, uh, Babylon Day. I remember that particular Babylon Day. For Babylon Clinton, it was the message, first week of the people, and I was taking the phone. And I was just, uh, jilted by this lady, by this girl, and I was well, heartbroken, of course. And I decided to come to church that Sunday. And through, and then, and this message was being preached by the pastor, and I thought the pastor was talking to me. And here he is, he was saying, message of this, and then first week of the Even Christians take this text and say interpretation is the word. It's loses two spiritual meaning and loses funds from being quoted. It's not just for couples, the brethren. Both of these preference verses, Colossians 3, 12, 17, and 1 Corinthians 13, are called to love and respect, consideration and kindness. It describes the sort of healthy relationship that allows growth and spiritual formation. It bestows peace and joy not specifically for couples only, but more on relationship between children and God. 
He describes a new transfer, a new world that puts the heart of God inside in a resolute way of his trips. We always say and sing, I love you, Lord. You do not. Yet this could only be explained not by attending churches, worship service, attending Bible service, prayer, knowledgeable of the scripture, or being members of praise and worship of group, or choir, or being busy on the ministry itself. But it can only be displayed by our genuine love for each other, for the family of God. Matthew 35 quote says, I say to you, as you did to one of the rich of this, my brethren, you did it to me, said the Lord. How great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, exclaimed John the Apostle. Well, lavish, the word is Catholic, the meaning of lavish to one time, Wednesday Bible study. What is it? Overflowing. Being what do you call it? Uh, Pampered, uh, being pampered with love, being, uh, I don't know, I mean, but uh, when we, we try to define it. But this is an overflowing love. There is no greater honor to which a human can aspire to be part of the family of God, to have him as our father, to be a member of the household of faith and to sit at the table where there is always abundance. And I hope and pray that this biblical teaching will all cars in our relationship with each other, especially in the household of God, to the quick of the institutional religious religiosity and to being married to the city of our Lord Jesus Christ, original mission in our church. Well, that was the institutionalized religion. Religiosity. Well, it's easier to pronounce it in Spanish. Religiosity. And in closing, brethren, let me get back to the message. The question Jesus asked Peter in John 21, verses 15 to 17, is reverberating to us today. Do you really love me? Do you really love me? And in essence, the Lord reminded us that it's not an option. It's not an option. It's a command. Love my sheep. Love my sheep.